The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a fucking shitty day to be a Yankee fan. Just a piece of shit day to be a Yankee fan. It fucking sucks today. It sucks tomorrow when you listen to this. It sucked yesterday. It sucked all fucking weekend. It stinks. We're not having fun. Baseball's stupid. It's too slow. And it's fucking dumb. I feel better. You know, my whole life, everyone's been telling me Yankees suck, Yankees suck, because I grew up in Philly. Facts only. the Yankees here. It's finally true. You know, I used to laugh at everybody that would say that and brush it off and, you know, I'd have kind of be on my high horse, but it's finally true. The Yankees suck. We are horrible. There's nothing good to say. If you're somebody that's looking for a positive spin and looking for somebody to try to cheer you up, just, just shut it off now because there is going to be no positive spin here. We are both furious. I mean, there's just nothing, like, there's nothing that's going well. Because even, like, Cole isn't pitching bad, but, like, he might go to jail for manslaughter because he might kill someone. Aaron Hicks and Clint Frazier are both on, are both on his hit list. So let's just, just get right to it. Let's start with Aaron Hicks. He, I don't know if he is a, you know, I don't know what his work ethic's like. I don't know if he's lazy, but he looks lazy on the field. He's bobbling balls. He's jogging after fly balls and not getting to them. He's taking awful swings. Like, I'm sure the guy's probably a hard worker, but from what I see on the television screen of him playing baseball, he looks lazy and he looks like he doesn't give a shit. And I can't watch him loaf around in center field any longer. Well, guess what? You got like four more years of it. Fuck. I mean, that's the, you know, I've talked about it before that, like, I had a baseball coach who would say, like, mental, physical errors happen. Mental errors we can't, you know, are unacceptable. You should know where to go when the ball comes to you and all that stuff. This is, I mean, it's physical, but it feels mental. It just feels lazy. It's just like, where, like, get the rocket up your ass. Whatever it is you need to, like, the, the effort that we're seeing is indicative of the results that we're seeing. 
Absolutely. And if it was like, yo, you're fucking running hard, laying out all this shit, and you know you're just not getting to the ball. All right, you know, but you're trying. But some of these routes that we're taking, the just the fucking simple errors that we're making, it's some of the worst baseball that I've ever seen. Like it, I remember very, you know, minimally, like the Yankees stinking in like 1993, 1992, Danny Tartable Pog Day. Oh, man. Um, and like I just remember going to games and then leaving – Ha- them having lost and how shitty it felt and now like all of these games it's just like like we don't stand a fucking chance it's torture friday night they were down two nothing before i could even blink i had a horrible week at work and i was like you know what it's friday night tampa's coming to town we got a home game home series i cracked a beer and by 708 we're down two nothing yeah i wasn't <laughs> even in front of the tv yet Dude, it's ridiculous. And this stupid plan to, to open up with Nick Nelson and then go to Michael King. Stop with this. Stop with the opener. Stop trying to outsmart the Rays. They're smarter than us. It doesn't work. Just fucking start Michael King. Why are we doing this bullshit opener thing? They use Devi at the alternate site for some reason, just wasting bullets in Scranton. You could have started him. There's no plan. And Nick Nelson even says he was caught off guard. Like we're getting it straight from the horse's mouth, from the players that they don't. I don't like hearing that though. I don't like hearing that. That's like, that's happish. You don't, I don't like Nick Nelson saying that. You keep that inside. Oh, when they let you know, they let me know. I knew I was starting whatever it, as a young guy. Don't fucking offer up excuses because Aaron Boone's not going to be your manager for forever. But if I'm a manager and I get Nick Nelson, I'm like, all right, this guy's a rat. That's fair, but do, don't you wish we were putting guys in better positions to succeed? Like, why not just start King? Nick oh, Nelson yeah. isn't a starter. He's a reliever. He's not like – ah, doesn't make sense to me. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean I'm totally with you on that. Like what the fuck are we doing here, um, you know, starting these guys? Like it's – we're trying to play the game that the Rays invented. Like they invented this like bullshit. We're moving, and people aren't going out and using an opener and winning the World Series. Last time I checked, you win the World Series by putting out Kershaw, May, you know, you, you Walker put out, Mueller. yes, stud yeah, starting. You put pitching. out Strasburg. You put, like, Every team has had two or three horses, and we're just like, you know what? We'll sneak Jay Happ in on them. It's awful, and it's it's not like if there if it was July and they played thirty five games in thirty six days or whatever, and you you need to use an opener to get through it. Fine, they yeah. were coming off an off day in April on game thirteen. And we're already using openers. It makes it makes no sense when you ha- and when you have Devi. Like, let's find out if Davy Garcia is good. I have no idea if he's good. He's five foot eight. He has command issues. I'm not as high on him as other people. But let's at least find out. Why are we wasting bullets in Scranton? He's talked to Pedro Martinez once. He's short. <laughs> And that's a scouting report. Dude, I knew you were fired up on Friday because you – I want to talk through this. You texted me and was just like, emergency pod after the game. <laughs> and I was – so I had surgery six days ago. So I was not in a mental place at that point in the evening to like – I can't just pivot to podcasting. Like my brain wasn't working. Yeah. Um, but also – 
like nobody wants to listen to that podcast on a Saturday morning. Like literally no one wants to listen to us on a Saturday morning bitch for, for like an hour or whatever. Did you just like, I told my wife and she goes, Oh, well that means Jamie's just listening to Nick do a one man podcast pacing in their apartment. That's literally what it was. I was pacing and you know what it was hard is because I think it was the, like I was, I was fired up. I was like, it's Friday night. We got a new series. We're at home and they played the worst baseball. Odor's pegging people with the ball. They're booting double play balls. They didn't get, I mean, they didn't get any hits by the time Stanton homered. I turned it off and I literally said to Jamie at 920, said, I'm going to bed. I don't want to be awake anymore, which looking back sounds kind of suicidal. It wasn't, but I mean, it sounds very suicidal. But I didn't want to be awake anymore. I just wanted the night to end and I wanted it to be Saturday because that was the worst. I think that was the worst baseball game I've ever watched. And I've been watching the Yankees for 20 years. It was bad. I mean, it was, it was real bad. I mean, I was just there all doped up. Just like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? Just like, you know, you get that silly, like pain pill. Like, why are they just being bad? Why don't you just get a fucking hit? Why don't you look competitive at all? Stanton and Judge watching balls go right down the middle, center cut, belt high, watching those go and then flailing at balls nine inches off the plate at sliders and then walking back to the dugout all confused like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, we are so back, so back to just like, you want to strike out? You just throw a slider like five inches off the plate to either one of those (sighs) guys. They're going to swing 100% of the time. 100%. They look so clueless. They they look they look awful. They all look awful at the plate. Nobody looks good. DJ has gotten a couple of blue pits to drive in a couple of runs. What I think they had eleven hits in three games in this series, and they didn't score more than two runs in either game. They had Glass now on the ropes, c- couldn't finish him off. And dude, the, it's not like these pitchers are studs. Michael Waka shutting us out for six innings. The guy Yarbrough, he throws like sixty miles an hour. We can't touch him. Studs. What the fuck is going on? Real studs, guys who. Make Roger Clemens shake in their boots. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are, as I, you know, said, like we built a team around being a five run offense, right? We have scored five runs, uh, one, two, three, four times, five times, and we've won four of those games. Like we just, it's just not like, and it's all home runs too. Like, yeah, there's a couple like DJ, you know, will find a run here and there, but it started off like kind of jokingly the first week or two of the season of just like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're not, the base is loaded. We're not getting a fly ball, but like eventually you're going to get that fly ball, right? No, 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 because it's just, we're only hitting home runs. And we're not doing enough of those. And we're not even hitting enough homers. We're not, they're not doing anything offensively. There has not been one game that I watched from start to finish where I was like, you know, that was a crisp, clean, dominant win. I guess the Cole shutout when he had seven shutout against the Orioles, but I don't even count Orioles games as, as anything. Like we, we should win all of those. It, it's been horrible. And Hicks is three for 39. Batting lefty against righties. He's hitting third. Glaber has done absolutely nothing. Glaber Torres, where are you? Fell off the face of the earth once the season started. And it's scary because this was supposed to be a make or break year for him. That's what the message is going in. He sucked in 20. He was bad offensively and defensively last year, but everybody said, all right, COVID, shortened season, yada, 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 all those excuses. And he's come out and he looks horrible. And the concern for me is 
like he looks mentally broken. Like I feel like he made a couple of errors in the beginning and now it's affecting his bat too. And you can't let that happen. Yeah. I don't think we have a mentally strong team. Like I talked for years about like body language guys, like Pineda was a body language guy. He gives him a first inning run. Might as well be 12. Um, and Glaber is a, you know, he's a smooth, love the dogs. Um, he's a, like a smooth dude, you know, cool guy and came in the spring training looking good. We're seeing all the workouts, like everything was clicking, but I feel like there's a level of insecurity that like once it doesn't go well, it just spirals. And like my biggest fear is that one or all of these guys get into the Clint Frazier death spiral of like, I, I can't throw a ball anywhere unless, you know, the season ends and I get to start again from scratch. Exactly right. That's exactly right. Collectively, they cannot respond to any adversity. As, as soon as one thing goes wrong, that they, they all kind of fall off the wagon. And for everybody that was banging the drum for, for Aaron Judge to be captain, you want to throw something? Can you make a speech? Can you, can you fire them up? Can you do something? We signed Brett Gardner to be the, the clubhouse king. I haven't seen him do anything. Like, does anybody on this fucking team want to, want to do anything? Want to say anything? No. No. I mean, there's no, <laughs> there's no leadership. I worry about where it's going to go. Like, when you see Cole running around the infield, cutting off cutoff throws that are just like skipping around, like, that's, that's not a winning formula when you're – when DJ LeMahieu is going to receive a throw at first base – off first base and it's getting cut off by Garrett Cole, we're not set up for success at all. How pissed do you think he is? Imagine how furious you'd be if you were him. You're the only one doing anything. You, you came here. You thought you were going to be you know, competing for World Series and we've looked awful since he's gotten here. I mean, we, we, we did not look good in 2020 and we've looked terrible this year. I'm surprised he's not taking batting practice. Dude, seriously. I mean, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good, and I don't know where. It's one of those things where, like, there's no formula to, like, turn. Like, it just has to turn around. You know, like, I don't, you know, okay. So, you know, today there was the announcement of, like, there's going to be a press conference. Cashman's going to do a press conference. And it's the media's job to announce that. You know, that, hey, that happened. Then Twitter just kind of goes off on their own. But, like, there was no way it was going to be anything big. There was no way. And there is, like, say what you want about Aaron Boone as a manager right now. If you fire him right now, you've given up on the season. Because there is no – it's not like Joe Torre sitting at home waiting for a job. All you would do with it, what are you going to do? You're going to fire him and move Marcus Timms up? Yeah, yeah, the hitting coach has done such a good job this exactly. year. Exactly. Like there's just – there's no one – there is no next step. Are you going to pull David Cohn out of the booth? No. So like until the season is over, whether it's over calendar-wise or it's metaphorically over, we're not making a move. No, they're not. But you have to agree that the whole Southern California, everything's going to be okay, hunky-dory, pothead vibe is not working right now. It's just they're lackadaisical. And I, I think that is a little bit of a reflection of Boone. And I've defended him. I've gotten my hoodies hemmed because of him. I, I think I thought he was a cool guy, but he's really pissing me off because there's no sense of urgency from his end. You, 
You sound like someone who would like buy into the idea that the election was stolen. I got the shirts, I got the flags, and it's this laid back, millennial, lackadaisical drug attitude that they're all doing down there. Four more years. No, I mean, it's That's a stick. Yeah, it it is good and you know, I I think when we went from Girardi, we. With Girardi, we had no ability for him to really engage like the younger players. You know, he wasn't he wasn't making a connection with Judge Glaber. You know, like yes, we got far with him, but that was kind of a surprise. And then the idea was like Boone was going to be able to bridge that that gap and connect with the younger players, which I think he did. But now those younger players aren't so young anymore. Now they're just grown men who aren't doing their job well. And like, how do you manage that? How do you, you know, how do you tell a guy like you need to be better? How do you look at making the uncomfortable decisions of possibly embarrassing some people by benching them? And I think that's the the way to do it is whether it's sitting guys down, but I don't even know who the fuck you sit because we don't have like any options. You know, Glaber's one of our worst players right now. We also don't have a shortstop. What you can do is you can bench Hicks and you can give Talkman the center field job for now. At least he hustles. At least he burns around the bases and tries. I mean, is that going to send a message? Look, Clint got benched for what? Three bad games. Why does Aaron Hicks have this unlimited leash as a 220 career hitter that had one good year? Basically, he just has an unlimited leash. I don't understand. I think he's got nudes of Cashman or something. Cashman loves the guy. Dude, I, I don't understand. They are obsessed with him. Uh, we talked about this, how Marcus Tim said if he could pick his favorite trait from anybody in the Yankee lineup, he would pick Hicks's pitch recognition, not DJ's bat-to-ball skills, not Giancarlo Stanton's power. He'd pick Hicks's pitching recognition. That's a fucking joke, and that's scary that our hitting coach would say something that's stupid. I just I, – I don't know how, how they, like, pull the nose up on this season. Like at all. It's the issues we've talked about. And for everybody that's saying, oh, small sample size, be patient. It's April. They are 38 and 37 in their last 75 regular season games from the start of 2020 until today. They are about 500 in their last 75 games. This isn't a small sample size. It's 80 games, half a season. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. And I, there's definitely, you know, changes from 2020 to 2021. Um, and it's not like right? we know the season's not over. But at the same time, you can't go – like there's a certain point where like you've gone too far back to – not even to make up the games. But like at a certain point, like when you're sitting there as a bad team with just five – you know, five wins, you're just a team that only has five wins. You know, like you're not a team – we're not supposed to have nine wins. We didn't like just lose, you know – for these games. We didn't get screwed over. We just didn't play well. And at a certain point, you are only as good as your record. I do believe that it, it still is early. I believe that the team can turn around. I believe that these guys specifically can, you know, get this job done. But will they? Is the question. And what is, what's gonna be that spark? 
And when is it going to be? Because the longer this goes on, the, the longer it stays a story, the louder everything gets and the harder it is to dig out of it. And there's the classic saying, you can't win the pennant in April, but you can lose the pennant in April. Like, for instance, we have the Braves coming in this week. We're facing Charlie Morton, who I don't think we've won and beaten him Who just ever. haunts us. Who just yeah. haunts us. <laughs> So that's not going to be easy. And then Ian Anderson is pitching the other game. He was a top five pick and he dominated us last year. We only faced him once in that shortened season. You could easily be looking at five and 12. Easily. Like I'd probably put money. I mean, if I had to bet on something in this series, I'd probably say we're going to lose both to Morton and, and Ian Anderson. Cole isn't pitching either of the games. We look horrible. One question I have for you. How much do you think the kind of Yankee entitlement, wearing the pinstripes, all that, plays into their their complacency and their lack of urgency because i think it plays a big part i think with this team it yeah like you know it's a thing like you've made it right i mean you can't go any higher regardless if you win a world series or not like i don't know i'd rather lose in the alds as a yankee than win a world series as a royal that's you know, right. if you've got a number of years on a contract, opportunity to make money off the field and all that stuff. But the thing is, like, normally when I think that's a factor for, you know, even if it's just for, like, an individual, it's because there's, like, a nightlife. You know, there's some distraction, which, like, these guys don't even really have right now. Or I don't know. I hope they don't have it. But Oh, my God. I hope not. You know, you start to... Yeah, we're, I mean, we're up against the Braves, and it's not like – I mean, we're a 5-10 and 10 team. After this series, even if we split and we're 6-11, and 11, yeah, we're going to play the Indians, who are right now an 8-7 and 7 team, but they're still a better team than us. That's four games on the road in Cleveland. We're probably going to have to face Shane Bieber for one of them. That, that's not going to be easy either. Remember, the Braves have Acuna. They have Freddie Freeman. They're loaded. I mean, yeah. they're really good. They went to the NLCS last year, so it, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, very, very scary when you look at the schedule. And, and here's the even more terrifying thing. We're healthy right now. We're supposed to be dominating. We're at full strength. What's going to happen when Stanton strains a quad and, and Judge hurts his oblique and, and Glaber pulls up lane running to second? Like, if anything, it could get worse. That's, and that's what nobody's talking about. Do you think, do you think Judge is healthy? I think he's healthy enough. I think he's at least at 80%. Oh, there's just some people who are saying like, maybe he's pushing himself because he doesn't want to deal with the criticism of going on the IL again. And maybe that's why he's not 100% there. But, I mean, he's still – he's one of our best players right now. Yeah, when I think of, like, our problems, he doesn't even come up. And, and we, we're big supporters of Clint Frazier, but, man. His he's watching him right terrible. down the dick. He, yeah, you, there's no excuse for that. I worry that he's in his own head. I can't even text him about it because he'll get deeper in his head. Yeah, and it, look, part of, part of it is Boone, right? I mean, you, you said you were giving him the job and you didn't. It, that clears yes. day. He does, he is not the starting left fielder. Yes. No, and I if totally you want to get Gardner in there, put him in center for Hicks. I have a radical idea that I think could turn this team around, turn it around for them. COVID. We need an outbreak of COVID, kind of like in Bull Durham when they just needed a rain delay. We need, like, we need four games in Cleveland wiped off the schedule, and we'll make them up at another point in time. Like, that's what we need. We need just a... I'm not even saying they all have to get it. I'm just saying like a couple guys, maybe coaches, 
something like that. Maybe Boone. Maybe Boone needs a couple days away. <laughs> and Please. just enough – because I don't even know how MLB is treating it because it's like some team – like the Phillies are playing the Giants and they're just like, yeah, like a bunch of people have COVID but we're going to play anyway. Like Jose Altuve is not eligible to play the Rockies but he's on the plane with the team. So like I don't know what's going on with like who can play, who can't. But like I think maybe a couple days of COVID could help us. Something, yeah. They they need some sort of distraction because what I mean, clearly Boone's speech <laughs> that didn't do anything that he gave Nothing. Friday night. Any anything else? Any other? Uh, you know, what do they call them? Acts of God that we could uh, have implemented here? They need something. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so depressing. Like this is the tough time about doing a podcast like this. Right. It's not fun. And dude, on a personal level, like I went to a barbecue Saturday after the game and I was embarrassed when I got there. I was ashamed <laughs> and I almost had to remind myself like I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But I mean, you should remember that your name is not Steimer. You're just a dude with a sleeveless hoodie. <laughs> that's all you are. But that's how bad this has gotten. Who was this barbecue? It was just, uh, it was like a going away. Um, our friends that live nearby there had like a little going away barbecue. But yeah, enough that they know like you're the Yankee guy. Yeah, everybody like, know, thinks of me as the Yankee guy and that's the first thing anybody will say to me whether they're diehard sports fans, whether they're casual sports fans, girls or you know, random girls that don't even watch sports. Ooh, will hot, guy hot guy Nick. Hot guy Nick. Hot guy Nick. Especially with no sleeves. Watch uh, out, Jamie. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've been lucky and like I haven't really seen anyone, but like, yeah, this would be a tough, like, in-laws, right? like, you know, oh, hey, we're going to dinner at my parents' house. And I'm just going to fucking hear it the whole time. I spend enough time beating myself up during the games, after the games, that I don't want to hear it from other outsiders when I'm trying to enjoy, you know, my, my Saturday, trying to enjoy, you know, social life. I don't want to deal with it there, but it is embarrassing. Like, I trudged in there, like, yeah, we lost. Four in a row. I, I don't know. It's early. You know, what the fuck am I going to say? You've only been to opening day, right? I've only been to opening day and I, I have no plans to go in the immediate future. That's the thing. It's like, so I haven't been normally that first week of the season. I would have gotten to two, maybe three games and I've been to none. And as I look at the calendar and I look at the team and I factor in, you know, shoulder surgery and all that, that shit. I always had like, who knows, maybe like May 1st, I can sneak up there and go see Detroit. But like, who the fuck knows where we're going to be? Like, I'm still going to Baltimore. I'm still excited about Baltimore. Saturday night in Baltimore. But it's tough to get excited. And I still see people talking about, cause right after that, uh, Detroit series is, um, the Astros. And people still talking about, like, I see it on, like, the Bronx Pinstripes Facebook. I see it on Twitter. People, like, trying to get organized for that. Who gives a fuck about May 4th on a Tuesday against the Astros in 2021, four years after they cheated? No one's still on that team anymore, and we stink. Exactly. Let's figure out our own shit before we start worrying about what other teams are coming. Let's fucking win a game. Let's get a lead before we worried about booing the Astros. Holy shit. I don't, I can't remember the last time we had a lead. But when I ate that Chinese food last week, it really saved the team. <laughs> Even the games that like the, the Monday night game when they beat the Blue Jays uh, in Dunedin and Higgy hit the two homers, they didn't play well at all. They got lucky. Their backup catcher hit two homers and, and Cole was pitching. The, even the wins that we win aren't fun. Yeah. No, we should – like 
All right. So yesterday's game, you know, I'm like, listen, I need a simple seven to two lead in like the fifth inning. Like I need a Sunday where I can just veg out almost like a, you know, a master's Sunday. That's mm-hmm. what I need. Not even close. We haven't had one of those at all in 15 games. If you're looking for that, we're basically 0-15. 0-15. Like, to a certain extent, it's like being a cutter. I'm dreading tomorrow. Like, I'm dreading watching the game on Tuesday. Yeah, it feels like like when we're in a losing streak, it feels like we're never going to win again. Like, the idea of us being ahead after nine innings seems so foreign right now. I can't even imagine it. And it's t- there's a part of me that's like, well, we're probably just going to lose an extra innings anyway. Yeah, no, they, you know, like terrible even, and extras. Even when we get it like close, we're going to end up losing an extra innings anyway. And it, it's going to stink. And I hope we win. I do. I'm, you know, I'm cheering for us. Don't think that I'm not. But Charlie Morton is going to go out there tomorrow and throw like 70 curveballs. And we're just going to look like fucking slap dick morons. Oh, he's going to make us look silly. He throws that two-seamer to righties, too, that's a ball the entire time. And then the last instant, it catches the centimeter of the plate. He always gets that call, and it's pretty much unhittable for anybody. But with a righty-on-righty lineup, it's easy for a guy like him to exploit us because guess what? We don't have any lefties that can hit. Yeah. No, I mean he throws that sinker. Yeah, yeah, that sinker you're talking about to so righties, and it's just mm-hmm. like it's, it's crippling. It's crippling. And he throws it almost 30% of the time. It's brutal to hit. We got to worry about that, and then we got to worry about who is it? Kluber and Tyone somehow pitching to Ronald Acuna, who's right now he's the MVP of the league. I think he already has nine homers or something. And Freddie Freeman, two two absolute superstars. It's it's not going to be easy. It's not a good way to try to sort things out in the slightest. It's not the losing at home too, I think is a little more jarring. Like when they end the bad series in Tampa, you can kind of chalk that up to the trap. We always suck here, but when was the last time? And maybe somebody can look this up. I can't remember the last time we got swept at home. Oh, never happened. So normally I am, you know how, like, I know you're like anti wave. Yes. Yeah, because I saw you retweet Gary Sheffield Jr.'s accomplished nothing in life um, besides <laughs> coming out of his dad's balls. Um, <laughs> you know, and he said something about it. Normally, I may, like, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, it costs a lot of money to go to the game. You want to do the wave, do the wave. Whatever you choose to do with your time is fine. I'm at the point where I'm tired of seeing anyone having fun <laughs> on social media at that stadium. I don't care if you're in the fucking upper deck, you're in the bleachers, you're in a suite. You're in Legends, wherever. No fun. No one's allowed to have fun. You go, you eat, you drink, you cheer, you boo. And the way we're playing right now, no selfies, no meeting up with people, haven't seen each other since then. No, I don't want to see it. Stay the away from race, each other. The subway race, the Yankee baby bomber, the face mashups, all the stupid shit they do. They need the to stop board. all of that and just have silence and have it say on the Jumbotron, think about how we got here. I want silent <laughs> reflection. Maybe that's a spark we need. That, a COVID outbreak, we're, we're getting somewhere here. Yeah, so far, the top two ways to turn around this season are guilt and COVID. And I'm loving it. 
That's sad, man. It, I, it's sad. Honestly, let's. I will find a positive spin. I do really like that the fans have been booing and have been so loud because the players deserve it. And for all the people that are like, oh, you should never boo, it's wrong. These guys are big boys. They make a lot of money and they can handle some booing. You boo Stanton the first game, that's stupid. It's game well, yeah. I think that's stupid. You're 5-10, and ten, throw, <laughs> throwing the ball at people, fucking errors all over the place, watching balls down the dick, swinging out, out of the strike zone. Eat these booze. Eat these booze. Eat them up. Absolutely. And everybody's like, oh, like, you know, throwing the ball in the field. Or this is a travesty. How could it ever come to this? I'll be honest. I was thinking like, eh, you know, kind of had it coming a little bit. <laughs> That's how bad they're playing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's not inspiring. And I don't know, like, help is not on the way. No, absolutely not. We've done nothing at the deadline the past two years. They're up against the tax already. There is nobody walking through that door that's going to save the day. And I think we can say, you know, there's, oh, you know, Seve at some point in the summer. Who gives a fuck? The season could be over by then. Right. Um, Voight is still, we're looking at May for him. Yeah, they said this week, you know, to start swinging and doing baseball activities. Maybe early May, maybe by May 10th we see him. Yeah, and then who else is on the uh, the IL long term? Uh, Britain, I think, will be Britain. ready June first. They yeah, said, they're they saying said like, he would be ready in May, but they put him on the sixty day, day IL, so he yeah. can't come back till June first. Another great injury management. And it's like that's not going to give us any offense. I mean, Voight maybe. And so let's talk about my guy. I'm going to have to own this one, Jay Bruce. <laughs> I was right. Jay Bruce did make the team. I believe Jay Bruce was the right selection to make the team. I do not think Jay Bruce – I had ne- at no point said Jay Bruce should be the starting first baseman of this team. <laughs> I thought Jay Bruce would be a lefty bat off the bench for us. Give Void a day off, a week, something like that. Maybe pinch hit late in the game when like Tyler Wade has already gone into pinch run or something like that. But he joins an elite list. Of Troy Tulowitzki, Lance Berkman, few other guys who have one Kevin Euclid, yeah. Vernon Wells, one <laughs> Travis Hafner, one and it's so funny because we saw that tweet and it was like, here's these ones that no one probably remembers. And it's like I remember every one of these vividly. <laughs> they were all 2013. I remember that, yeah, because I remember Travis Hafner. My wife asked me, we were at a game, and she goes, "Where did this guy come from?" And I just said, "A dump, a garbage dump." <laughs> We got all the guys that used to kill us. Vernon Wells used to hammer us when he was on, on the Blue Jays. Like we, Kevin Euclid, all these guys that used to kill us, we get them when they suck. I mean, Randy Johnson killed us and we got him and he sucked for us too. Now, very sick of that. But yeah, Bruce, we were wrong about Bruce. It's, look, you were wrong sometimes. I, I don't know that I was necessarily wrong so much as, I mean, he was not supposed to play that role and he got outmatched. And now, like, as a result of that, we are like we've taken our best defensive. Well, no, I mean maybe Geo's our best defensive infielder, but it's up there with DJ, and we've taken him and moved him away from his best position to overshadow the fact that like our team is deficient. Yeah, for all the people that say move DJ to first, yada yada yada. Look at Odor literally pegged a dude. He thought it was kickball. 
pegged a dude trying trying to pick him off at first. I mean, this is in a, the conversations we're having are what high school and middle school coaches should be having: hitting cutoff men, not throwing the ball at base runners. What the fuck are we talking about here? You know what though? Th- fucking throw the ball at them. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. At this point, hurt someone. <laughs> fucking hurt someone. Like. And normally, this is where I would say, like, our third option would be a fight. We need a team-building fight, right? We need yes, Graham yes. Lloyd. We would get our asses kicked. Oh, yeah. We're soft as hell. a bunch you, of, you like – Aaron Hicks and Glaber are going to get their hands dirty. Exactly. Like, fight? they're crying. Chapman's got blood all over his face. It's someone else's blood. That's totally fine. But, like, he's the only one. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, Judge and Stan, we'd win any fight. Those two are going to be running in the other direction. Yeah. If we get any kind of fight. Honestly, Voight, Chapman. That's, that's probably, oh, oh, Odor. He punched Batiste in the face. I'll throw him in there. So uh, those he, three could make He threw fight. one punch at a bitch a while ago. Whatever. It's more than a lot of these guys can say. Yeah, these guys won't even fucking swing. The other thing that's been really annoying the shit out of me is I hate the hashtag squad up. Fucking hate it. Hate it from the beginning. Hate it even more now. Why do we need a hashtag? Well, it's cause, so corny. Because every team does one, and it makes it easier for them to package up like, hey, we created this hashtag, uh, squat up, and it's been tweeted a zillion times or whatever. So Ford or Toyota or whoever it is that's going to be the official car of the Yankees next year – they could be like, hey, if we do hashtag squat up, it got a zillion things. We could do hashtag Toyotathon, you know, and fuck in a picture of Jan from the Toyota commercials and you'll, you know, pay us a zillion dollars and we won't spend it on payroll. You know when I knew that hashtag was doomed is when Method Man did the video the night before opening day wearing a jersey with the name on the back, some corny Yankees rap. That was supposed to get us going. It was corny as hell. The hashtag- I didn't see that. That was from the team. Yeah, the team tweeted out like, like I remember in 2017, I think they did Fat Joe, and it was actually cool. He had like a hype video before a playoff game. The Method Man one was awful. Damn, that's tough. Should have known there. Should have known right there. That stinks when you become like famous as like a, you become famous and you're a fan of a team, and then you get like invited to do something like that, and it just flops. It flopped hard. Like the jersey. The I didn't jersey, even know about it. Yeah, it said Method Man on the back. It was just really corny. There weren't any, weren't any good lines. But yeah, the, the hashtag is stupid and it's annoying when they tweet out, final, we lost 5-3, hashtag squad up. It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. People buying into it and using it bothers me. Cause it's just like, it's a fun term and I, there's no fun right now. We can't have fun. Yeah, I don't like seeing anybody else have fun right now either. Uh, another issue that I have is our shifts. We don't know how to shift. The Rays and Jays will hit ground balls in the perfect spots, always away from our guys through the infield. We hit ground balls right at other teams. Figure the fuck out how to shift. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it's nothing is going well. <laughs> nothing. There is not one facet of the game that I'm like – because even now, like when Cole pitches, I'm just like, unless he throws a no-hitter, we got nothing. He gives up one run, there's a good chance we lose. And I think the bats are going to wake up. Like, I do. It's not like Stanton's career is not over. Judge's career is not over. Like, these guys are all figuring it out. But it's just like there's a certain point where you're figuring it out too late. Because a team that goes 5-10 and 10 doesn't win 20 games in a row. 
No, right. And the, the longer it goes, the harder it is. You're just digging yourself and digging yourself into a deeper hole. And yeah, when you try to think of the positives, it's like Cole Chapman's been great, but he's only, I don't know, he's only gotten to pitch two or three times. Like their elite bullpen arms aren't being used because we never had a lead. So that strength is gone. Yeah. No, I mean, we built a team around Cole and Prey, but we we're going to have enough offense to get it to the bullpen. Tyone can give us four innings. Kluber can give us four innings, and we're going to get there. And the problem is, after those four innings, we're down three nothing, three one, and we've left four hundred runners on base. I was a big, big Corey Kluber fan. Very, very pumped when we signed him. But oh man, that is not that is not looking great. Him and Tyone both. I know it's early, but those were our two big gambles, and right now they have both flopped hard. I know it's only been three starts each, but man, they got to be better. Well, I mean, with Tyone, I think you just you know you continue to look at it as you know he's a, a coal project over time, and he's coming off the injury, and we've got him. You know, he's under control for. A number of years when you're looking at Kluber it is like we've only got you for this one year and you're not quite getting it done and even when they showed yesterday the preview for the upcoming series and they showed um uh Charlie Morton you know like they got the pitcher side by side so it's just like yep. here's Morton and Anderson and on the other side it was Kluber and Tyone and I was looking, and I was like, damn, they both have ERAs like in the fours for the guys on the Braves. And I looked over and I was like, fuck, six and seven for us. God damn it. Like, those are the things you look and you're like, all right, we're running into a guy with a five ERA. Let's just, let's pounce, you know, let's pounce on him. Let's win these games. And, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. But right now there's just like, there is no figure it out. Because again, it's just, there's been no hope. You know, you get you – know, like Judge has four home runs this early in the season, which would be great if he was doing anything else or if there were guys on base for it. But when you're down, you know, 4-1 in the eighth inning and Stanton hits a home run, like it just doesn't matter. It's not impactful. And look, and yeah, and they're going to pad their stats and I'm sure by the end of the year – Judge and Stanton will each have 30 homers and, and you know, our good players will have better stats. But I don't see – like you talked about turning around. I'm not so sure. Hicks, Torres, and Frazier specifically, I don't know if they have the mental fortitude to really dig in and really turn this around. Will they have maybe five, seven game hot streaks, something like that? Maybe, but are they going to bounce back and hit 280 with 30 homers? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, they look broken. Clint had, we've seen out of Clint before that it can go downhill and it can go downhill fast. Glaber, I mean, last year it didn't get better. So, yeah. I mean, the tra- start the Trevor story talk again. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the Corey Seager train for the uh, this Golden Shortstop class. I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe you have to do some more research, but that I haven't made lefty. a decision yet. I haven't made a decision yet. We need a lefty, and he's left-handed. He's young. Comes from a great team like the Dodgers, but hopefully, let. <laughs> Let's not get into that. But yeah, Glaber, when he came up, he was being compared to Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto. And now I'm sitting here comparing him to Andujar. Like, imagine what he, happened? Imagine he only had to play the outfield and we had Francisco Lindor playing shortstop. And everyone thought I was insane for saying that we could get him. Um, And instead, it's like, I mean, yeah, there's the Yankee tax, but we could have gotten him. 
Yeah, he went for he went for nothing. And story should be available at the at the deadline, but we are not they're not adding any more salary. They've made that yeah. crystal clear. They don't they don't have the room. This is this is what you get. And remember, if they if they don't exactly match up at the deadline, they're not making move. The past two deadlines, we were desperate for starting pitching and we did nothing because Cashman didn't like the value. Yeah, I don't know. It stinks. This stinks. It's very it it's very tough to make a a fun podcast. You just got to hope your guys get COVID. That's it's our a letdown too. It's a letdown from coming off the 60-game season. We thought, oh, having the fans back will give them a jolt. Everybody was really geared up. And, and a lot of people, like you said, you know, last year, whatever, bullshit short season. But this year we're really going to take it seriously and be great. And it's just been the opposite. Yeah. I mean, and you saw guys come in the spring training. Like the way this has gone for Glaber – Compared to, you know, three weeks ago. Like, I can't believe it at all. I would believe Judge was hurt. I would believe Stanton was hurt. But if you told me Glaber's going to be healthy, he's just going to be lost. I wouldn't believe it after what we saw in spring training. Yeah, he was great in spring training. The scary thing is, is it only took, it was like two bad games for Glaber to just go on a rail. That's what scares me with these guys. That's why I'm worried about them bouncing back. Do they have the physical tools? Sure. But if you're, if you're Torres, if you're Hicks and you have Clint and you're Clint, you can't let two or three bad games just derail your season or in this case, the month of April. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. There was a saying I used to, when I used to work in sales, first job I ever had, it was like cold calling and appointment setting. And basically what my manager said to me is it's, it's okay to have bad days, but it's not okay to have bad weeks. And that's what's happening to these guys. They're letting a bad day turn into a bad week or shit, a bad month. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I always say win series, win penance. Like you don't need to sweep every team. Just win two out of three and three out of four. You get, you know, you do it over the course of the season. You're the last team standing at the end. But we're, you know, we're not doing that. We're letting every day is, you know, and it's happening to us as fans too. So you got to imagine like, yeah, they're supposed to be mentally stronger than us, but based on what? Like these guys don't have like a ton of life experience. They haven't been in the spotlight and like handled it well. None of these guys are Derek Jeter. They haven't accomplished anything. I guess Gardner has a ring in 09 as a pinch runner. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. And, like, is useless to us now, anyway. Pretty much, yeah. Honestly, I would still rather have him in, him or Talkman in center for, like, I think Hicks needs a couple of games off. Like, you could tell when he ran, when he's booting the ball, and that he couldn't throw into second base, and he's fumbling two plays in a row. Like, some, I've been out there in the outfield making miscues in, in high school. Sometimes you just, you just need a reset. Yeah. No, I mean, even if, yeah, give him off the Brave series. Like, give him off two games. Another thing about Hicks that I want to ask you about. So I think he's hitting like 350 batting right-handed and bat- he's hitting 100 batting left-handed. At what point do you say just bat right-handed, dude? Yeah, I mean, was that like Bernie Williams at the end of his career too? He did it a little bit. I think there have been a couple other instances. I know they say switch hitters, they hate doing that and they want to stay consistent in their process. But if we're, if we're in June and he's hitting 100 from the left side and he's hitting 300 or 400 from the right side, like I, I think at some point you have to at least explore that. Yeah. I mean, well, you explore that with the platoon. 
I mean, wow. And left-handed, I didn't even realize like how deep this split is. Like right-handed, he is yeah. 18, 18 at bats. Left-handed, he is 32 at bats. And I think he's what? He's three for 32 left-handed and he's doing well right-handed. Yeah, he's in like 280. He's the best hitter on the team. <laughs> I mean, so far. Marcus Timms. Like it comes down to Timms. You know? You've got to make an adjustment. I mean, that's a change that could happen. You can make a hitting coach change early in the season and still save your season. But you can't, you're not getting rid of your manager in April after your opening day first baseman retires in April and in winning the World Series. Uh, Boone's here to stay. The thing with Tim's is in 2019, when everybody got hurt, he took all these, he took all these scraps. Voight was scraps at that point. Geo was scraps. And he made, you know, he taught them all how to hit or clearly had some good effect on them. So he was great in 2019. I thought as a hitting coach. And yeah, it's kind of like, you know, where are you at? I'm so curious what's going on in that clubhouse because there's obviously just a huge disconnect. Love to be a fly on the wall. I don't, but I don't think anybody's really saying anything. And you always talk about Cole being the alpha and being the leader, and he is, but he doesn't play every day. And it's hard to be that guy yeah. on the days that you're not pitching. I mean, that's why it's not Cole's team. That's why last year he came in, this year it becomes his rotation. He's going to dominate that rotation. Like I've never said he could be a captain because there are just like limitations. You don't play every day. Gary Sanchez could never be the captain because, and I know it was like a, a hot topic. Thing, you know, but like he chooses to not speak English as his primary language, which is totally his right. You can't be the captain then. Absolutely. And the one guy that we've talked about is maybe being captain worthy that does speak up, that is tough, that played on the foot injury, that is kind of a badass. He's hurt. He's not around. So maybe things would be going differently. Like he's the only guy I can think of that would give them a kick in the ass. Like I love DJ, but he's the quiet lead by example dude. He's yeah. not going to do it. Boyd's really the only one. Yeah. Or, you know, if, or if Judge had any of the, you know, history of the past couple of years to be able to do it. Judge for captain. That shit makes me laugh so hard. No, I mean, we're it's so far away from it because no one is. <laughs> Like, no one grabs that brass ring. At the same time that you say, you know, like, obviously, if, if he spoke up and all that stuff, like, DJ would be great. But, like, if that's not his personality, that's not your captain. It's not, and you need the lead-by-example guys. Like, DJ is the quintessential, quiet, lead-by-example guy. Every team needs one of them, but we don't have the fiery guy. That's the problem. Remember when DJ just stayed in Tampa last year? Just like, I'm just taking ground balls in case this COVID thing's a fluke. <laughs> That was that was some good entertainment at a time where there was no entertainment. Yeah, uh, I think that's all I got on the Yankees. Yeah, man. I'm as Tony Soprano would say. Frankly, I'm depressed and ashamed. Well, see, that's such probably like an obscure Soprano's reference. Probably like season three, episode four, some shit <laughs> yeah, like some, that. And you know, like that. Yeah, dude, my He's shoulder feels that. fucking He's awesome. To his captains. Yeah, well, tell me about the surgery. Dude, so I had my rotator cuff repaired. I sat here uh, one week ago on Monday. D- you know, no no surgery yet. I had surgery. I feel physically better today than I did a week ago. And I'm yeah. supposed to be on like – I stopped taking the painkillers because I don't like them. They're making me dopey. Uh, I'm just taking Tylenol. I just ice. But like I haven't really been that sore. It does stink. Like this sling fucking sucks. Cause it's like I got the thing on my neck and I'm trying to adjust that and I have to sleep like sitting up. Um, shout uh. out, shout out to your mom. Um, I ended up not 
doing it. But for anyone who runs into this, if you don't want to buy a recliner, everyone kept telling me to buy a recliner. And I was like, I'm not going to buy a fucking recliner. I'm not 60. Um, your mom reached out and had the suggestion, you can rent one from like a rent-a-center. So if anyone runs into this, that's a pretty good idea. I maybe would have thought if it was before surgery, I maybe would have thought about that. But I've been fine. I have a sectional, like a big sectional that I was just like on for a week. And now I'm back in bed at night, but like sleeping kind of upright. But I needed to be on the couch for when I woke up at like two in the morning and needed to take more pain pills and wander around in the backyard smoking joints. How many hours a night are you sleeping having to like sleep upright? So tonight will be my first night with no like pain pills. Um, cause I would just kind of take one at like nine, nine thirty, and then just, and then you just kind of fade. The mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's just, it's four in the morning. Like I just woke up and it's like four in the morning and I hate that. Like I've never taken pain pills recreationally. I've done a lot of other stuff, but never pain pills. Cause I just don't like it. Like I, I feel like I kind of time travel a little bit. Um, and yeah, then all of a sudden it'd be like, oh, now it's three o'clock. Have I been asleep? Have I been awake? I have no idea. Have I just watched a lot of TikToks? Like, I don't fully. <laughs> so you're really what out I, of it. Yeah, like when you asked me on Friday night if I wanted to do an emergency podcast, like I don't even know that I could have. Like, it took me a little bit to respond to you, and that's because like I had to like re like fully understand what was going on. Like, <laughs> I read that I and know. was just like. All right, I'm just really fucking out of it. Because that's also like three days of taking pain pills like every six hours. So like that adds up. So yeah, the the snowball effect. So it's completely different from being high off of weed, sounds like. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of mixing them both. So, okay. <laughs> um, because like they give me like, oh, you could take two of these pain pills. And I'm like, I'll take one. I just don't like them. Yeah. They're uh, not for me. Fair. I just feel too – I feel like – there was obviously the whole like, you know, opioids and I'm sure we've all lost friends and all that, but I, uh, it just makes me feel too dopey. I feel too slow. Like I can smoke a joint and like I'm still there. I can still be witty. I can drink. I'm still there. I'm still witty. But anytime I've had a surgery or something or like, you know, uh, had to get a tooth pulled and I have to take it, it's just like, I just feel fucking stupid. Like mid sentence, I'll just get lost. And for yeah, friends, there. people I know who are like junkies, I'm like, this is why I hate – I would think I'd be like, this is why I hate hanging out with them because <laughs> they fucking get lost mid-sentence. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good. I mean I get out of the sling like twice a day to like just move like from my wrist – my elbow down. But besides that, I had one thing that I dropped. Like I was holding something in my right hand. I dropped it and my natural reaction is to just catch it with my left. And I moved like a very little bit. It was like, oh, nope, don't do that. Don't do that. But but a date for when you can take it off? No. I mean I – so here's the other thing. Anybody who's had this surgery was just like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And it's not. Like I had – I've done my ACL twice. And that like you're in a machine – for two weeks straight, just getting your knee bent. So like that really fucking sucks. And then you're still in a full like groin to ankle brace for another like two weeks before they even cut that down. So that really sucked. Whereas for this, I have next Monday, I have a follow-up appointment and they said, you know, three, four weeks till you get out of it. That'll be two weeks. And there's a part of me that's like, let's just get out of this fucking sling. 
Like maybe it'll get worse. I don't know. The scariest thing was it took longer than I expected. So they put like a, a nerve block in your neck. So I couldn't feel for 36 hours like my arm at all. Like there was nothing. That, my fingers. That's scary. That yeah. And then it's like, oh, is it coming back? Like your fingers start to come back and then they start to go again. And then like – so I, I got worried about that. But besides that, like I'm actually doing like pretty good. Like I'm not dying to be out in public in a sling. Um I have to practice driving a car this week at some point. Uh, with the, yeah, you're a little bit, uh, just, different. you know, just cause I'm a lefty, like everything lefty, like, um, like wiping my ass hasn't been the issue that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, like I installed a bidet, um, and painkillers slow that up a lot anyway. Um, but one thing I didn't practice, like I actually, like I practiced wiping my ass right-handed for like a couple weeks leading up to it. You've got to do it. You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. You got to do it. But here's the thing I didn't practice was getting the toilet paper with my right hand. So I would get toilet paper, rip it off with my left hand, and then wipe with my left hand. It is a disaster of like, you know, like the toilet paper's got like the perforated like line. Yeah. I'm never ripping. It's like, it's all like, dia- it's great. My wife is like, what went on in here? I'm like, I can't do anything with my right hand. You're like me in kindergarten cutting outside the lines and, yeah. and fucking that up yeah. nonstop. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, or just me as an adult with scissors because I'm a lefty <laughs> and there's no lefty scissors. Well, look, you had to practice failing to pre- or prepare. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So yeah, you had to practice a couple weeks before. Yeah, so uh, you know I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm hopeful to get out of this sling and start, um, you know, start physical therapy. So then I'll feel comfortable like going out. Like that's the thing that's holding me back from going to games. Like I couldn't go to games this weekend because I was just out of surgery. Now I want to get to games and help turn this team around uh, the best way I can by drinking a lot of beers. But I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm just going to end up hurting myself again. Exactly. And they're giving you no reason to go. So there's that too. Intern Dan, can I ask you a question? Let me hear it. Behind you, is that a – like a, a like a metal detector. Yeah, so I'm actually. That's so Florida. That's so Florida. I'm in my room. So that's oh, okay. his. Okay. Oh, okay. But I was like, is... is that a metal detector? Like Saved by the Bell? Yeah, that so is that... as Florida as it gets. Well, it's actually for we had throwing knives in our backyard, Florida, and uh, we lost one in the uh, backyard, and we were like, well, we don't want to step on this. So he went and bought the metal detector so he could find the <laughs> Classic Florida man situation. Florida man steps on throwing knife while metal detecting looking for throwing knife. So we talked about it, I believe, off air last week. You brought up – Dan, you brought up uh, the Miami, I guess, our South Florida uh, group is like doing an outing. So I started looking at like flights and started thinking about it. I just don't. I, so then I was like, all right, I looked at flights. I have an idea of what they cost. And uh started preparing my pitch for my wife in my head. Started, you know, kind of helping prepare Nick's pitch. Um, and I was like, well, where would I even stay? So I started like, I went on like Expedia. I'm like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to stay in a nice hotel. Like I'm not just going to stay in some shitty Marriott. And then, like, the hotels there, I think they're just, like, too nice. I was just like, what? I don't want to be around the people who would stay at these places. Like, what am I going to do in Miami aside from go to baseball games and hate everyone around me? So that's where I am on my process of thinking about going. 
It's a tough – it's tough because in the beginning of the season when you didn't know what we were going to do with fans and it was like, well, this is going to be one of the few places that is going to allow fans, so I'll definitely do it. But now that you can go to New York and they're going to be in Baltimore and they're going to be in Philly, it's like, eh. Plus, like, every trash bag I know has gone to Miami in the last, like, two months. Like, I've <laughs> seen girls take four trips to Miami and not one trip to an office to work. <laughs> I need to get some, like, old Jewish guy to fly me down there like everyone else is. Heard the stadium's cool. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Have you been, Dan? Dan, you have. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. So what do you do? You drive from Jacksonville down there? Yeah, it's like six and a half hours. Oh, God. But I have buddies, like, uh, I have people all up the coast, so we'll, like, stop halfway and stay. You're probably closer to the Braves, right, than Miami? Six hours there, probably. Okay, too. about the same. Yeah, you're gonna have. Are you gonna stay in uh, Jacksonville when like college is over? Probably. I mean, it's a, it's is a this weird. where you're? Is that where you're from? Yeah. Oh, yikes! Yeah, the Jack, <laughs> the Jaguars, and AEW wrestling. Hey, Trevor Lawrence. That's all that matters. That's true, right? A guy who's never taken a snap. That's what you want to. That's what you want. He's got something to be excited about, at least. That's true. Shit. <laughs> That's true. We just spent an hour talking about how depressed we are. Have you ever been in the pool at the Jaguar Stadium? No, but I uh, I saw something that was like, uh, if you have been in the pool at the Jaguar Stadium, you're probably immune to COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I, you know, I lived in a frat house. I can eat raw chicken. Um, cool. Well, that's that's all. I think all we got for this week. This team yeah, fucking okay. stinks, and I hope that they get better so we can go back to having fun and going to games and having a silly goose time. We're still going to Baltimore. I'm not backing out of Baltimore. Going to Baltimore. Very excited for Baltimore. May 15th. It's a night game. If you're going to go, like, tweet us. Um, you can tweet me now, but I'll forget. So just tweet sooner, and we'll let you know where we're going to be and where we're going to be meeting up. We don't have tickets yet, but we're excited for it. Absolutely. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. You could follow intern Dan at what is it? Juicy nine nine. Juicy nine nine. Not racist. Jesus, man. Yeah, it's not the non-anti-Semitic Juicy. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Is that like? Do you use Juicy for anything like else, like emails or anything? No, not my, at all. One of my first jobs out of college. Was I graduated in 2008, so the fucking economy was terrible. Um, it was like the sales job for this startup, and the owner was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna hire this guy. You want to take a look at his resume?" And his name was Rob Yeager. He now lives in. He actually like lives in Miami, and his email address on his resume was Yeagermeister One at Yahoo.com. I was like, "Yeah, no, we obviously don't hire this person because his <laughs> name's Yeagermeister One," and they ended up hiring him. And one day I went into his office. And uh, he was like, oh, hold on. I thought he was making a sale. He was buying it like an ounce of Coke to like flip. <laughs> like I was his manager. He was like, hold on. I just got to get this Coke for this weekend. His dad's a doctor and he drove his dad's Lexus around. And he kept in the like center compartment like an IV thing. So he would stick himself and then I drop in like three drops of vodka to like pregame. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and then he he took time off to go on spring break, like with Hofstra wrestling, 
because he wrestled at Hofstra. The problem was he was like 26 at the time. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the Jaeger. Jaegermeister one. That sounds true. I believe you, but I can't even. It's all that embarrassingly up. true. It's very true. I um, as I started to like rise in like prominence online. Not that I'm anybody. Uh, just one day, like I posted a picture, and he just commented, "Like, damn man, you got fat." I had to talk to him and talk in years. <laughs> I follow him on uh, on Instagram still. Big like COVID denier, no anti-vax, like all that stuff, like everything you'd expect. But he's like the top salesperson at some fucking whatever you sell outside of Miami, like whatever you do. Yeah, you want to like. Yeah, whatever scam and like dating single moms, like boom, <laughs> Jaegermeister won at yahoo.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Listen, hey, we hope you laughed at the end there. This team fucking stinks. They're going to turn it around and we'll see you at the parade. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.